This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him off, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Everybody, what's for lunch? I mean, I don't know. I'm not eating lunch. Y'all are. Tell me what you're having for lunch. What up? It's Monday. Welcome into the Matt Wyatt Show. I'm him. That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> That's what we used to say on the playground. That's my name. Don't wear it out. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Hey, Roger, how was your weekend, sir? Hey, it was pretty good. Mr. Roger's Neighborhood. How are things? And Hey, did you see where it came out today, the trailers for the uh, movie that's going to be about Mr. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, is, and, and Tom Hanks is playing the part of Mr. Rogers? Well, of course he is. Hey, do you he follow all those roles, doesn't he? He does. Roger, do you follow The Onion on Twitter? No, but usually when I see something and somebody's forwarded along, it's pretty funny. They, There's they, a satire site. Right. right. That's right. It's okay. all fake, just made to be comedy. Faux news. After that came out today, all over Twitter. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Won't you be After it came out today, the trailer, Tom Hanks there. We could all watch it. He's playing the part of Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. The Onion tweeted, breaking news. Tom Hanks vows that he won't stop until he's portrayed everybody. (laughs) Like every person. Back back it up by original comment there. That's exactly right. That's it. So I look forward to that movie, though. I was a big Mr. Rogers fan growing up. But you know if you had a kid and there was a neighbor that's that talked like that, you wouldn't let your kid anywhere near You him. wouldn't let him go over there. It's like the oh, weird... Oh, you stay away from that guy. Yeah, you would. You would. But he was a real prince of a guy in yeah. real life. I look forward to the movie. I sure do. Saw that today. So we're hanging out in the other Mr. Rogers neighborhood today here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. I got coffee in the thermos. Check it out. I got one big question for you. Hear you hear that? Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Good to the last drop. You know what it is? There we go. There's a little that's a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, of that's a, that uh that high point. High right? point. From New Albany, Mississippi. High point roasters. That's the breakfast blend. I drank up all the New Albany blend and I opened that bag of breakfast blend. What were you gonna say? Well, I, I know it was a birthday girl weekend and mm-hmm. I know you had to go stay yeah. in a, a hotel. That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, how'd you get out of going to the Lion King? You know, uh, we we talked about that. Uh, we're going to see it. We just it wasn't a thing that was kind of on our list of things to do. Think she'll appreciate the photorealism? Yeah, I think so. My wife was yeah. telling me though, Roger, that 
that apparently there are a lot of people who are upset with it because it's not like the original Lion King, at least the plot and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, that's a, that's, that's a surprise. I, it is. I, they were mad when they came out because, you know, uh, that uh, was that Hakuna Matata from that movie? Yeah, it was. That, that's not a real thing they say. <laughs> that's cultural appropriation. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, these people got, get, got the offense police out there. Oh, man. You can't do it. You can't do anything without offending somebody these days. So the best thing to do is just not worry about it most of the time. You know, you're trying. No, no, no. I take it back. The best thing to do is, you know, you try your best to be nice to everybody. You know, regardless of who they are, where they're from, what color their skin is, what they're wearing, or what they do for a living. Regardless of any of those things, just pay attention to none of those things and just be nice to everybody. That golden rule, you don't treat somebody the way you want to be treated. Do that. But if you offend somebody and, you know, your intentions are pretty good, you're trying to be nice, then just don't worry about it. <laughs> Put your head down and go sleep at night. That's the best advice I can give you. Is I, your uh, call screener working today, by the way? It is not. Uh, okay. Call screen's not. I, I didn't get it up there a little bit ago. Um, don't say that sound bite. But I'm, I'm trying to pull up the call screen right now. I, I got text Jay Clay on there for you. Just letting you know. He's there now? Think, yeah. Let's talk to him. Jay Clay, appreciate you calling me on the Divini Equipment phone. What's up? Hey, I was going to ask you, who told her that it didn't follow the original plot? Well, I don't know. I think maybe she read it on Facebook. She, it wasn't like she was definitively saying that. She just said to me last night, she goes, I read where somebody said they didn't like it because it wasn't like the original or something. She's like, I don't know. You know, tell, I mean, her, tell her it is like almost the spitting image, verbatim. Oh, okay. So it is exactly like a couple like of parts it. that are left out. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of parts that were left out. There were a couple of parts added. All right. But, I mean, it was pretty much verbatim, the old Okay. Show. Okay, cool. I will pass that along. That's the a kids first. loved it. How, how, many kids kids loved did, how many kids did you take to it? Two. What's their ages, if you don't mind me asking? I had a 5-year-old and a 12-year-old. Okay pretty wide range that is see and i've got it covered the range pretty good plus me and my wife loved it as kids too you know young teenagers at the time yeah so i mean it was we enjoyed it we enjoyed it great appreciate it clay thank you yeah disney doing what disney does making a good family movie yeah that's it that's right you know my daughter like every now and then she picks up the ipad and she watches things we have the kids youtube on her ipad not the regular youtube don't let your kid get a hold of that, but um, the kids' YouTube. And there's a lot of these little clips from these sh- sitcoms they have on the Disney Channel, like Raven's House, you know, Raven Simone, the, and, and some of those. They are actually really funny. They are really funny. And I'm actually getting into every now and then, we'll turn on the Disney Channel and watch one of those sitcom shows like Raven's House, my daughter and I, and it's actually funny, the whole thing. We, I'm enjoying it. It's pretty good programming. Yeah, but you know, you knew it was going to be good. And that just goes to show you, you cannot read somebody's review of a movie on Facebook and take it for gospel. And you can't make everybody happy. That's exactly right. Uh, Roger, I texted you a number for a guest. Do you happen to have that on your phone? Got it. David Murray, just let me know when he's on. David Murray with uh, 24-7 Sports. He is Dogs Bite Mag on Twitter. 
I don't even. Th- I don't know if there's still a Dogs Bite magazine, but way back when there was, David wrote that thing. Yeah, and so I guess he's just always been Dogs Bite Mag on Twitter. He's now part of that twenty four seven Sports Jeans page. Bunch I ran into David over in Hoover, so we're going to talk with him in just a bit on the Davini phone. I mentioned it, Davini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. So the number six zero one nine nine five one zero five nine. Six zero one nine nine five one zero five nine. Jay Clay called and said, "Go see the Lion King. It's like the first one. Don't believe everything you hear about it." So we're going to do that. We just haven't yet. David standing by. All right, cool. Let's do it. Talk a little football. David Murray. On your radio, I, I called you Dogs Bite Mag a little bit ago, David, because that's who you are on Twitter, at Dogs Bite Mag. But is there still a magazine? Uh, we did away with the print magazine after 2013 when I'm at Omaha for the first game, and I have a deadline for that monthly issue, and I said, that's it. <laughs> it's time to end this. I can't meet all these deadlines. And, you know, frankly, the, the passing of the print publication, the monthly, was the uh, too much of a grind, five-week lead on when it came out. Uh, literally, I had a player on the cover of one issue who had already been lost for two games to injury mm. by the time that issue came out. So uh, some days I miss it, and then other days I think, how did I ever do that weekly publication when I had to write every piece of it, get it on the press by Monday night? And not only that, but shoot the pictures, develop the film, develop the pictures, print those, and get them on as well. So. Right. You know, myself and Chuck Ronsoval and the guys who've done this for a long time can talk about, yeah, we may miss some parts of the old days, but not all of it. Sure. Yeah, it, it, the digital stuff, there's, you know, it's a lot of change. There's a lot of positive also. And and on that note, David, like I noticed this morning, um, another one, John Machota, who for several years, he's been the Cowboys beat writer for the Dallas Morning News and he posted this morning on his Twitter account that he's leaving the Dallas Morning News, taking a full-time job with The Athletic. Um, he's going to cover the Cowboys for them. And I thought, well, there goes another uh, another yeah. established print newspaper writer who's jumping both feet and up to his neck in the digital space. You know, it's just where we are and now, isn't it? Thing- yeah, the interesting thing, Matt, is being the old coot that I am, I don't mem- bemoan it. I mean, it's the reality. Things have changed. You adapt to it. You, and I still think in the long run, quality can win out. But, boy, you've got to really work at the quality. You've got to put out good stuff. And you can't just buy into the three-paragraph flash things that uh, people ultimately don't want to pay for because within five seconds, everybody else has the same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, myself, Steve, Robertson, uh, Paul, and Robbie, in the gang, we're going to you know debate on how to revamp our coverage of Bulldog football this fall, how to change things up, and to keep it relevant. But the core being that if you give fans good quality content about the teams they want to read about, I think they'll still pay to read it. Yeah. At least that's what I'm staking the remainder of my career on. <laughs> yeah, because you're not the only one, uh, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, the restaurant business is kind of always what I point to as just this overall example and I always say, you know, if the food is good, yeah, you gotta ha- you have to have clean tables and silverware and stuff. So you you know you gotta clean you gotta have a clean place. But if the food is good, so much else just doesn't matter. What kind of building you're in, what's the location, you know, what the size is, um, 
It's how big the parking lot is. If the food is good, people are going to come and they're going to pay for it. And it, in in a certain way, isn't that the same in sports coverage? If it's good, they'll come and sometimes they'll pay for it. That's the whole key, Matt. Because and we're fortunate. I've had this discussion with uh, our higher ups. I know we're probably boring some people to tears about there who want to hear about who's the quarterback's going to be. But we've got a couple of weeks to debate that topic. Sure. No. In our, in our profession, too, and, you know, the, our friends now working for the athletic or barstool sports, sports, people like that, they're still looking for the formula of what can they give somebody that people will not just invest their time but a little bit of money as well to see when, like I said, within five seconds, everybody else is retweeting or reposting the stories that you put up. So we're, we're out of the scoop business and in to give them an angle and insight, and we're blessed here at 24-7 Mississippi State Jeans page and that, you know, we've got a core of people that our fan base trusts and still here in the South, I've told people it's odd, but there are people in our neck of the woods who are still willing to pay to read about their college sports team. I'm talking Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, Florida. Yeah. And it's a market that uh, let's ride it for as long as it lasts. Yep. Yeah. David Murray on your radio right now. David, um, so the Bulldogs, and you were at Media Days last week. They're picked down there, you know, middle of the West, maybe fourth, fifth, depending on who you ask. That's media picks and that kind of thing. Um, what do you, um, in Hoover last week at Media Days, just kind of what sense did you get is the overall feeling towards and about this team going into the 2019 season? I think a prediction of fifth was probably fair, given the makeup of the media day voters. And by the way, I don't vote because I'm not there every day, and I don't feel it's fair for me to vote about where I think, say, Florida's going to finish when I haven't listened to Dan Mullen talk for Florida. So maybe I'm a little different in that regard. And the fan base is so overwhelmingly dominated by Alabama slash Auburn media. There's going to be some natural bias built in there. I think fifth is fair because looking, you know, my own projections for this team right now, I'm still going to the baseline of, Eight and four, winning all four non-conference games. Your your four SEC wins being Kentucky, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Tennessee. I'm not ruling out Texas A&M. I know a lot of people are in love with Kellen Mond. I'm not because I want to see how he plays, having lost his tight end, his running back, some people that bailed him out last year. But I, I think that's a fair prediction of the Bulldogs at this point, given what we know about State and what we know about the rest. As far as the regard they gave Bulldog players, I thought it was interesting, Matt. Were you a little surprised that Farad Green yeah. was uh, on one of the All-SP teams? And, and believe me, I think he's a gr- really good tight end ball player, but that's the guy who didn't have big numbers. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it means tight end is down in the SEC, or maybe, and this is my own thinking, when you look at what Joe Moorhead's offense is going to be this year, I really think, given some lingering question marks about split-in X and Z positions, I think the tight ends have to be a larger factor, and Farad Green certainly fits that bill along with the slot receivers. I think that his backup, Jaquarius Spivey, has like yes. th- has through the roof potential. Yeah, he's the next Jordan Thomas. Yes. Yeah, that's what I think, and you know, and the thing about that was, you know, Jordan. It seemed like he kind of got a late start, and this kid's already got it. You know, I'm excited to see him get going. But I agree with you. So. You know, that's one that there's some respect there for some uh, state players that maybe, you know, some people didn't expect. But you brought it up well, earlier. Think about it too, Matt. Uh, yeah. You think about it too. Daryl Williams hasn't started an SEC game at center, and now he's the he's an all SEC center projection this year. That's the, and part of that's respect for the offensive lineman that yeah. Mississippi State has been turning out in recent years, too. They think, well, this guy, we know he's a good guard. 
if they think enough of them to put them at center, they must know something. And, you know, Errol Thompson, everybody knows how good this guy is. And I was, I was glad to see him make, you know, get the first team status that I think he deserved, and Daryl making it as well. So um, I just think that uh, Mississippi State, and here's the thing too, Matt, I'm sure you commented on this last week, but remember, nine teams brought a quarterback to media days. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State was not one of those, and that's not surprising because State's still finding out who their quarterback is. So that tells you where they think right now the strengths of this ball club are going to be as far as known strengths. We yep. still have yet to find out what the other strengths are going to be because they increasingly, maybe it's just my native optimism, um, insert your joke there because everybody knows I'm the biggest pessimist in the world <laughs> at those times. But I actually think between Tommy Stevens and Keaton Thompson, you're going to end up with a pretty solid quarterback this year. You know, I do too, and I, I think competition benefits everybody uh, in that thing. W- what's your answer to – I may have asked you this before, David, so if it's a repeat, just forgive me, but – Sure. I, I, what's your response when people say to you, hey, look, you don't bring a guy in who's got one year of eligibility at quarterback to sit on the bench. He's going to play. What's your response to that? My response has to echo what Joe Morehead said. He said, and I hope people read this straight as it was and not try to read between the lines. But And by the way, did you notice he came out and said, we pursued another one, i.e., you know, the, the Clemson transfer. Yeah, made Kelly Bryant. They mm-hmm. went after him. Exactly. So, then Tommy Stevens was more or less the second choice because they didn't know that he was going to be available at that time. So his statement was, we didn't go looking for a quarterback so much as we looked for a player to improve the roster. Well, I get you, Coach. I know what you're saying, but let's be honest. You didn't go after two graduate transfer quarterbacks without planning to have somebody step in there and, if not, win the job outright, certainly help Keaton raise his game this coming year. So, yes, competition will make it better. Do you sign a guy to own that you don't think will play? Yes, I think you do increasingly in this market. I think you bring it in for the intangible reasons. And there's other things you can do with Tommy Stevens if he does not end up being yeah. the number one quarterback. Yeah. I still think deep down he will probably get it. And always remember, you've got the wild card. I don't know what Keaton Thompson thinks about this. I'm sure we'll ask him. I hope he has a good answer ready. But he can redshirt this year. He could <laughs> play four games if necessary and still come back as a junior next year after Stevens has moved on. Well, and, you know, David, I I agree with everything you said, but I also can look through a head coach's eyes and go, you know, nobody wants to go into a year where you feel like you've got one guy who's capable of running the team for you. Correct. you got to have more than one. And behind Keaton, prior to the transfer, you had freshmen, you know, both freshmen in uh, Maiden and the new guy, Schrader, so at least you got an older guy in the mix also now of the four. you know. So I can see it through his perspective also. Yeah, absolutely. You do not want to go in there and just sit there. and Because last year you had the luxury of a Keaton Thompson who'd won a bowl game and, and another SEC game as your backup. Well, you don't have that this year, but boy, would it be an awesome luxury if. And again, Matt, you as a quarterback can understand this better than anybody. Quarterbacks are different in that they go somewhere to play. They mm-hmm. don't go somewhere That's to right. fit. And once you have played, it's awfully tough not to play. Mm -hmm. So only you can really explain what may be going through Keaton's mind now as he faces competition in camp, a competition that he is not at all guaranteed to win. Mm -hmm. But if he stays with the fold in this, and whoever ends up the starter, you're much better off as far as depth this year, and I think you're way ahead of the game 
for 2020 because now you can develop those guys and you can find out does Garrett Schrader really fit what you want to do because like I wrote in my column this past week too realistically this is Joe Moorhead's first year as the head coach because he inherited so much of a team this past year in so many positions now so much star power has left he's commented about the need to develop a different type of leadership this year well you know what I think this is the year that the coach has to come out there and be the leader he and the position coaches and this to me is going to be the first year we really start getting a read on what kind of regime that Joe Moorhead and his revised staff, who, by the way, you may disagree with me, but I think the changes made to his coaching staff, most of them forced by other events, nobody fired, actually leave him with, to me, a better college coaching staff than he had previously, and certainly, I think, a better college recruiting staff than he had previously. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And, and how could you argue on the recruiting front, you know, with the results that they've had here recently? So, hey, David, out of time. Great stuff as always, man. Appreciate you on a Monday. Good to hear from you, Matt. You too. Thank you. That's David Murray on the Divinity Equipment phone. Dogs bite mag on Twitter. Let the competition begin. Pretty soon they're going to start practice here in what, another week? Maybe less, and we'll kind of get into who's doing what. They're going to hope to name a starter prior to that first game. They're going to play it in the Superdome down in Louisiana. Lord, it'll be here before you know it. 40 days from right now. Let's do more radio here on this Monday, huh? Stick around. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I just kind of almost rhetorically threw it out there earlier and said, what are you having for lunch? Tyler, <clears throat> excuse me, he texted the show at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. He texted the show and said, Lenny's Philly cheesesteak salad. Oh my God. Hey, I've had that. Have you had that, Roger? I have. Only thing better is the sandwich with all that. Uh, he must be going keto. He must be. Yeah. Good on him. Good choice. It is good. No, I'm, it's there's no doubt. It's good. As you said those words, I was opening up the uh, foil packet of a pop tart. <laughs> the frosted kind. Well, at least it's frosted. Yeah. Roger, really, wouldn't you just? Love to know how many millions of Pop-Tarts have been sold in gas stations to people who are really hungry, <laughs> and they just run into a gas station, buy a Pop-Tart, and before they even get out of the parking lot, they've opened it and eaten the whole thing. Just yeah, cram it down. On a box on my way out of Walmart. <laughs> 48 only $8. <laughs> That's it. All right, I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, Go! With the home team drinking High Point Roasters coffee and staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Phone line open to you, 995-1059. The text line open to you, 885-ESPN. Check it out here. Tim texted the show and said, what about Austin Williams, the receiver at State? He factors in. He will factor in, Tim. 
They just got to get him the football. You know, Austin is not a guy who's going to win, um, you know, just a ton of one-on-one deep balls down the field. That's not the kind of receiver he is. He's an excellent route runner, and he catches everything you get around him. But he did not get a ton of targets last year just because the majority of the year State was so confused in the pass game. It kind of, you know, they, they had a bunch of games that just didn't really know what they were doing in the pass game. And that's everybody, not just quarterback, but quarterback included, but everybody. Um, and so we'll see what happens this year. With another year and, you know, things ironed out. Moose Dog texted the show, 885-ESPN. He said, is Brad Cumbest still playing football? And he is. Factors in at the tight end position. Yeah, but Farad Green got a nod, voted on one of the All-SEC preseason teams. Um, He's been a really good player. Farad's been an excellent blocker. You know, when he's had a chance to catch some passes, he always catches the ball. But he's an excellent blocker, team player, older guy, very mature. But the young kid, he'll wear number 11, the jersey number 11, and just remember I told you about him. Jaquarius Spivey is a through-the-roof type of talent at that tight end position. You know, NFL body, fast, catch everything, long arms. And um, I expect him to have a good career. And it ought to start this year. They put the ball in the air more, play more people, and ball with tight ends. I think David brought up a good point in that. And on the old Twitter page over here, I am Radio Wyatt on Twitter, and Jason, who lives out in Arizona, he's really close to these wildfires. If you want to see it, Jason took some video with his phone, tweeted it to me 12 minutes ago. So look at my feed. It's on there. He sent it to me. I'm Radio Wyatt. See some video of the smoke, big plumes of smoke, just massive fires going on in Arizona. Said that because of that stuff, he really needed a break from it, needs to hear some sports. So we're talking about one-year quarterback transfers. Here's what Jason said. My perspective on the, quote, one-year guy not starting. If that guy was great, he'd be starting as a graduate at Penn State. Is uh, Jason's opinion on that. And Yeah, you know, um, what it probably means is, you know, anytime you have a situation like this, somebody has a year or two, they're older, but they're transferring out somewhere else. It's either one of two things or a combination of two things, the same two things. And that is either an unhappy situation. You don't get along with a coach. Maybe you've had a coaching change and now you're going into your last year and they've hired somebody who you can't see eye to eye with. You can't get along. You don't like him and he doesn't like you and you know it. You know, those things do happen. Or it's a situation where a younger player is just simply better and therefore is going to win the job and get all the playing time, and you as the older player got to go. If you want to play, you got to go somewhere else. So it's either one of those two things or it's always a combination of it. And what I say is, you know, the way you worded it, Jason, you know, if the guy was great, he'd be starting as a graduate at Penn State. Sometimes, you know, changes of scenery, I, I don't always look at it like, everything is measurable against everything else, not in football and not in personnel in football. Kyler Murray, as a young guy at Texas A&M, was just kind of, he was there. He couldn't even win snaps as a young player ahead of the other guy who eventually transferred to Houston. 
and was you know the time that he got to play in that offense and on that team at Texas A&M, it was just kind of, I don't know, I mean, you know, it's just whatever. He's just another good college quarterback. But you get him in the right situation as an older guy away from Texas A&M, and he goes to Oklahoma, wins a Heisman Trophy. And it's not like he was any less of a player or had less potential at Texas A&M. Just the situation was different. And there were other guys actually getting snaps ahead of him. He's the better player. <laughs> but they got more snaps. That happens. You know, situations, I'm just telling you, those things happen. And look at Kelly Bryant. He was Clemson's starting quarterback, 2017. Played really well. Big numbers. At Clemson in the college football playoff. I think they lost to Alabama that year. And then last year, in comes his freshman, Trevor Lawrence, at Clemson, who was just better than him. Trevor Lawrence, just better. A better passer, more accurate, more consistent, and did a better job of getting Clemson up and down the field. And therefore, they played him, and for good reason. And frankly, it doesn't mean that Kelly Bryant isn't very good. He is. You're not Clemson's starting quarterback in the college football playoff two years ago unless you are. He's good. It's just that last year the young kid was better. And everybody knew it. And the young kid proved it. So Kelly Bryan is now at Missouri. If you check it out, I posted a film study video. It's about 10 plays of Kelly Bryant taking snaps at Clemson to kind of give you an idea what kind of player he is. He's, it's not super in-depth. It's just looking back saying, okay, look, here's the kind of dual threat he is, and here's the examples I picked out to show you. You want to watch that film if you like that kind of stuff. Learn a little X's and O's in football. And get a glimpse at Kelly Bryan if you hadn't remembered kind of what he looked like two years ago. That video is posted. It's on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Media, And there's links all over my Twitter feed, at Radio White. You'll see what I'm talking about. But Kelly Bryant is a true, one of these true dual-threat quarterbacks. He is not the prototypical NFL-type passer that a Trevor Lawrence is at Clemson now. But he is a very effective passer. Hit a bunch of big plays, big, strong arm, 50-yard bombs all the time. You know, can throw the out route, all those kinds of things. But he is a dynamic runner. He is fast. When Kelly Bryant's on the field, he's best athlete on the field. Let me say that again. Kelly Bryant is on the field. He's the best athlete on the field. And the highlights and stuff show that, and, and he doesn't mind contact. So what is Missouri getting? Missouri just graduated Drew Locke, who was drafted in the second round by the Broncos, John Elway. That's tall cotton. But Drew Locke was not a runner. He's a passer. Their offense the last three years, huge pass numbers, but they never really had a threat of the quarterback running the ball much. And now they do at Missouri. They're still going to hit big plays in the pass game, but it's going to be different. It's going to all be off run stuff. Go watch that video and see what you think. More of your texts, a whole bunch of them. Tim, Moose Dog, everybody talking about different examples of QBs, and I'll get to that coming up next. On the show, in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Roger, it's a big, big week for my eight-year-old. Bless her heart. You know, she just turned eight last week. We celebrated her birthday. She, We went to this place and stayed in this hotel. It's got this gigantic swimming pool with about three different levels and a slide and waterfalls and stuff. And she swam for two straight days. Nice. She's got tennis camp going on this week. Loves tennis. She went this morning. I was going to interview her about it, but she's not around here yet. I, this, I thought I'd interview her about what tennis camp is like and then play it on the radio. What do you think? So anyway. Let me talk about athletic uh, interview coaches and athletes. Yeah. The relative value of the uh, content they provide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, an eight-year-old describing what tennis camp is like could be very entertaining. That could be. It actually could You know, be. it could be. But could say the darndest thing. That's right. That's right. But in the middle of this week, she's having her tonsils taken out. Oh. Oh. And I dread it. Her mother dreads it. We're losing sleep over it because we kind of know what's coming. And bless her heart. Sleep now. I know. Yeah. And she doesn't really know what's coming, you know. Yeah. I mean, she knows it's happening, but she's not really aware of what she's about to go through. So It's going to be a hot fire in there. Yeah. So, anyway. All she to... knows is uh, something about some ice cream. That's it, yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Going to eat lots of ice cream. You know, just be happy to get this behind us. You know, that's the biggest thing. So, big week coming up around here. The text line, as I promised you, let's see here. What did y'all send me? What did y'all send? Unnamed texter says, Jeremiah Masoli did great at Oregon. Came to Ole Miss, and well, we know how that season went. Why did he do so great at Oregon, but not at Ole Miss? I'm going to come back to your question. It is a very timely question related to something I wanted to get into here after all this talk about transferring QBs and one-year players and stuff. Um, well, I got a question here on the text line that wanted to know about, it says, what happened with Johnny Cook's nephew from West Point that went to Alabama, offensive lineman, did he ever play? Um, uh, what was his name? I don't think so. I don't think he played much. Does he still have eligibility left? I'm not aware. Um... And and then here's a question from Moose Dog wants to know about the the ex quarterback from Alabama. Does he have one or two years left at Oklahoma? That would be Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, be Jalen Hurts. Dad, coming. How many years does he have left? He's got one. That's what he's got. He was a true freshman. And, you know, as we know, very good in 2016. A sophomore in 17, and then last year a junior. He's got one year if he plays this year. So, appreciate that. I want to come back to this question. Jeremiah Masoli, the example. He did great at Oregon, came to Ole Miss, and as we know how it went, why was he good at Oregon and not as good at Ole Miss? Okay. To to add some examples... The conversation, all right, I'm coming to the phone. The conversation was having with Jason on my Twitter feed about the the one-year starting guy transferring in, going, well, if he was any good, he'd be starting at Penn State. Why do you have to transfer? And we talked about that. And Jason followed it up and said, uh, I'm not saying that our guy isn't a good fit. He may well be. 
But I'm not sure he's automatically starting over Keaton Thompson, who's another year experience in Joe's system, which, you know, it actually, that's true. I, I'm the same way. I'm not convinced he's starting over Keaton Thompson, but actually Tommy Stevens has more snaps and practices and time spent and spring practices and fall practices in Joe Moorhead's system than Keaton does. And that may give him an advantage. We'll see. Who's on the phone, Roger? Andy. Andy on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. What's up, Andy? Not much. I was going to see, uh, wasn't Bear Bryant's grandson in the Alabama quarterback pool at one point? Yeah, he's recently? still there. I believe that's right. I think he's still still there at Alabama, right? And then Tua's little brother will be coming there soon, too? Yeah, I think he's already there. Uh-huh. I think he got in. During the spring practice was his first practice at Alabama. So Bear Bryant's grandson is not guaranteed like some people think he should be. No, no. I don't think so at all. I think I, I take the only guarantee is that Tua's younger brother will be the starting quarterback at Alabama. He's better than Tua. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, what's his name? It has an L in it. It's very much like Tua, but there's an L in there, so it's like either Tulia or or Tuala or or Tala or I don't know how to pronounce it honestly, but there's an L in there somewhere. Maybe it's Tula. Yeah, maybe it's Tula instead of Tuya. Tua. You got yeah. me all confused. Who knows? <laughs> we'll learn it in time. All right, I appreciate sir. it. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Appreciate right. the call. So when we're talking about quarterbacks, one situation versus another. Why would somebody transfer? All this stuff. We, you know, there's a million different reasons why someone would transfer. Generally, as it relates to the football part of it, it's two things. One of two things or a combination of these two things. All of a sudden, it's an untenable situation for you. You don't like somebody. They don't like you. Don't get along with a coach. You've done something like that. You know, the, the get along is now no longer getting along. Or a younger player has come in there and they're just better. They're just better. I know what that feels like. <laughs> when I was an old quarterback at State, junior and senior, um, I basically lost my starting job and my role to a younger player in Wayne Madkin. Before my career was up, I helped us you know, make some plays and was able to help our team win some games. I never was the full-time starter again, but played a lot, you know. Um. But it didn't mean that I was really any worse than I ever was. It's just that the other guy was better. The younger guy was just better. <laughs> it didn't mean I was terrible. <laughs> He's just better. So there's always that's always a part of this. So but just because he's better didn't make you bitter. Bitter, better, batter, butter. What's that? Betty bought a bit of better a bit of bitter batter? No. <laughs> Betty bought a bit of bitter butter and put it in her batter. <laughs> you have to ask Betty. I have to ask Betty about this. Okay, so but here's the point that I'm going to make, and I got about three minutes to drive this home here for you. Football is a team game, but one person can make a big difference, <laughs> and it's a coach's job to balance those things out. Neither can get out of whack. Okay, you can't take the approach that. I can coach a bunch of monkeys to win a game. No, you can't. But it is a team game. Period. Jeremiah Masoli was, air quotes here, better at Oregon because you know what? He was on a much better team. 
with much better teammates and linemen and receivers and a, and a better run operation. Therefore, he looked better. Jeremiah Masoli's capability as a quarterback was no different at Ole Miss than it was at Oregon. It's just he was in an entirely different situation. At, or, at Ole Miss, they were going into some bear fights with a stick. At Oregon, they were the bear. Football's a team game. Period. Now, can one guy make a difference? Yes. The right guy can make a big difference. And therefore, because of that, if you have a healthy roster and team and good team with the right culture and attitude, you can take one good ball player from anywhere and insert him into that, and it'll be okay. It'll work to a degree in varying degrees. By the same token, if you don't have a good team and you don't have a good roster and good culture, you can stick Joe Montana in there and it ain't going to really make a difference. So do you get what I'm saying? It's a team game and that is what is most important because it will determine how everything's going to go for the best players on that team. You know, I think about like the 94 Mississippi State, 94, 95 Mississippi State team won three games that year. I was a redshirt on that team. Three wins that year with two first-round draft picks. Yep, Walt Harris on defense and Eric Moulds on offense. Eric Moulds like an eight-time Pro Bowler in the NFL. Eric Moulds one of the best college players I've ever seen. He could take over games. He was so fast and so good. He jumped higher than any receiver I've ever laid eyes on. Never seen anything like it. What would Eric Moulds have done on the 1995 Florida team? Was Eric Moulds... Would putting on a Florida uniform just automatically mean Eric's a better player? No. He'd just be in a situation with a team around him in 95 with a a system around him that would have absolutely turned him into a megastar. He's same player, same ability. Got in the NFL and proved it. Played on good Bills teams. So just remember, football is and always will be a team game that determines wins and losses. And it determines, the team game part of it determines how good your best players look. But if you already have a good team, one more player can make a big difference. The right player can make a big difference. Because he can run, Kelly Bryant could make a big difference at Missouri and make them much harder to defend. Even though the previous guy just went and got drafted in the second round of the NFL. It's quirky, ain't it? (laughs) Hour number two coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.